0: Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's Weekly Sermon Podcast. Do names and labels actually impact our lives? As we continue our series, High Fidelity, we will examine a covenant that renames the people God is committing to. We will discover how God names us changes our lives entirely. If you're joining us for the first time, or if you haven't been watching online, we are in the middle of a series called high fidelity. And last week I talked a little bit about how much of a music nerd I am and how much I love uh, listening to albums in vinyl record form. And uh, we talked a little bit that God has spoken very clearly throughout the ages through some specific moments. Case in points his covenants throughout the, the, the history. And so this series is really based around God's covenants his commitments to the entire earth but also to specific individuals or nations or groups of people and so we're going to continue that today as we try to understand how God communicates who he is how he relates with us and how how we are to relate with him so believe it or not as I was Looking at this week's passage, I was trying to, you know, figure out a way to to potentially begin this conversation about what God is speaking about in today's passage. And sure enough, Brooke and I, my wife, we watched a movie on Wednesday evening called Eddie the Eagle. It is a biopic about a man named Eddie Edwards. Eddie Edwards uh, was a kid who grew up in Great Britain. And he, his very first book was a book about Olympic athletes. And from then on, he wanted to be an Olympic athlete. Now, Eddie actually really wasn't very athletic. And he actually had knee issues growing up. He actually had to have uh, some help for his knee to, to grow uh, correctly in things. And so this aspiration to become an Olympian was sort of ridiculous because he's not athletic i mean you to make it in the olympics you have to be the best of the best of the best right but he was determined he was so determined and, and his dad tried to share realism with him you know just come into the family business do these things he didn't care he took up downhill skiing and as he got to the age of 22 he was actually a very good downhill skier and it came time for the olympic team to be decided upon in great britain And he was given a no He was told you're not olympic material And so within him he began to wonder was all this for not Because he really still wanted to be an olympian. He still really wanted to go represent great britain in the olympics And there was a lot of soul searching because the voices around him spoke to him and said, you are not Olympic material. You are not a great athlete. You will never do this. And that made me wonder, as you go through this biopic film, you see how these words hurt him, how he is broken a number of times throughout his life. And I wondered, Are the ways that we are named, are the ways that we are labeled, are the ways that we are identified affect who we are and how we live? If somebody, if your voices say that you'll never be this, is it because they have said that your entire life? How much does a voice have impact on who we are and what we are able to do? And today, as we look at a covenant that God makes with two individuals, we will see that it is indeed the case. As God comes to two individuals named Abram and Sarai, and God makes a covenant with Abram and Sarai, a commitment with them. And this commitment is something that God is going to do, but also he looks also for them to live into this commitment as well with him. And what we'll, dis- we'll discover is that how God addresses them and even shows himself, reveals himself to be, can make all the difference in our lives as humans. So today, we are in Genesis chapter 17, beginning with verse 1. So if you have your Bibles, get that out, your phones, whatever it might be at home, uh, whatever it might be. Genesis chapter 17, beginning with verse 1. We read these words. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am El Shaddai. Walk with me and be trustworthy. I will make a covenant between us and I will give you many, many descendants abram fell on his face and god said to him but me my covenant is with you you will be the ancestor of many nations and because i have made you the ancestor of many nations your name will no longer be abram but abraham i will make you very fertile i will produce nations from you and kings will come from you I will set up my covenant with you and your descendants after you in every generation as an enduring covenant. I will be your God and your descendants, God, after you. I will give you and your descendants the land in which you are immigrants, the whole land of Canaan, as an enduring possession, and I will be their God. We skip to verse 15. God said to Abraham, as for your wife, Sarai, you will no longer call her Sarai. Her name will now be Sarah. I will bless her and even give you a son from her. I will bless her so that she will become nations and kings of peoples will come from her. Now, if you're not familiar with Abram and Sarah, and now Abraham and Sarah, this is not the first time God has come to Abram and Sarah. In fact, if you go back a few chapters, which... You know, people don't live by chapter, they live in years. A few years ago, (laughs) a while ago, God actually came to Abram and Sarai and said some of the very same words to them in that moment, when they were a little bit younger. And you need to understand that Abram and Sarai did not have any kids back then. And yet this God comes to them and says, hey, trust me, and I want you to take up what you have and go into this land where you will be immigrants, which is a terrifying prospect. I mean, think about it, uprooting your entire life, going to a place that you've never been to before, where you do not own land and you are going at the word of this deity (laughs) into a place that you've never been to before. And then he says something even crazier. You've been trying to have kids your entire life And he says, I'm going to make you into many nations. This happened years ago. And they respond in faith by going into the land that God calls them to. But they assume that because kids haven't come their way, that they have to do something about it. Because in this day and age, God's, demanded to be blessed before they would provide blessing. You understand this? Other gods that were worshipped in the ancient times basically said, you do something for me, and then I'll finally give you what I said I was going to give you. And so what they decide to do is they wait for God, and they're like, well, maybe he's waiting for us to do something. So they do something about it, and they have Abram have a son with one of their slaves. Hagar, and Ishmael is born from Abram and Hagar. God doesn't really condemn them or anything like that, but they move into this time, and, and Ishmael is, is, is a full-blown kid. Maybe he's an even adult by this time. And here comes God again when Abram and Sarah, Sarai is 99 and 100 years old. Ripe, a, a ripe, ripe age to parent children. Amen? We have a 94-year-old in our membership. Gene, how would you feel about parenting at your age? <laughs> exactly. It's really not an ideal time to be a parent or to have kids. And yet here comes God saying it's going to happen. But he does something different. He does something different as he identifies himself in a different way. And he identifies Abram and Sarai differently in this moment. So in this moment, I'm going to give you a hint about when you read your Old Testament. Any time that you see the word LORD in all caps, okay? If you ever see LORD in all caps in the Old Testament... It means that they are translating the original Hebrew of God's name, Yahweh. Yahweh means I am who I am. I will be who I will be. I was who I was. In other words, God's name means that you cannot put him into a single identity. He will be who he decides to be. You cannot control him. You cannot fully understand everything about him. And so right here at, in, in verse 1, we see the Lord, Yahweh, appears to Abram and says to him, I am, not Yahweh, El Shaddai. And you're like, what's happening? Why in the world would God name himself as El Shaddai? Well, El Shaddai is related to fertility, the ability to have children. So God is identifying himself, meeting them right where they are and saying, look, I told you that I'm the Lord. I am who I will be. But I'm also the God who can bring about children into this world. I am the God of fertility. I'm the God of everything. And so he meets them and he says to them, you will have children between the two of you. Not the child that you already have with Hagar. No, between you, 99, and her, 100 years old. But he doesn't just name himself differently. He names Abram differently, and he names Sarai differently. Abram meant exalted father. And you can say, okay, yeah, he's he's a father. Yeah, yeah, he's the father of, of Ishmael and things like that. But to Abraham, it means father of many nations, which implies that he will have multiple kids. God names Abraham, Abraham, before he can have kids. Then he names Sarai, which means princess, to Sarah, which means queen, which means that from their family, from their nation, kings and queens will come into into the world through them. Again, it's like putting the cart before the horse. Why is God naming them before they have a child together? We didn't read this, but do you know Abraham and Sarah's reaction to this renaming and this promise? They laugh. (laughs) Ha! You're crazy. You're barking mad, as the Brits say. Uh, (laughs) You're like, do you know how old we are? There's no way this is happening. There is amazing doubt as God renames them, even though God has shown to be faithful already. What is God trying to do here? What God ends up doing is that in renaming them, and affirming the covenant that he promised, he is showing them that God will bless them. Period. In the way that he said he would bless them. Period. They don't have to do anything. In fact, this God is different than other gods because this God doesn't have to have us do the right things for him to work. This God blesses and does what he does you cannot control him and in renaming them he is giving them an identity to begin to walk into to begin living hey Abraham you're gonna be the father of many nations but I only have one kid yeah I know you're gonna be the father of many nations huh You're going to be the father of many nations, and I am going to give you a son through your wife. See, when God enters into the lives of humans, he brings transformation. He brings a new name. He brings a new life. Matt Rundio says this, God speaks reality into our lives and God names us. The names God has for us are good names that give us much hope. So why is God renaming Abram and Sarai? It's simple. He is bringing them a brand new identity, a brand new life, a new hope, a new purpose, a new way of living. And it's in this covenant that God will just provide. They don't have to do anything for it. But he would love for them to trust him. And that's what we receive at the very beginning. God says to Abram, walk with me and be trustworthy. Walk with me and be trustworthy. I am going to guide you. I am going to lead you in this life. Trust me, I've got this. Trust me when I name you Abraham. Trust me when I say I am going to make you a father of many nations. Trust me that I am going to provide for you. Trust me when I share with you a way to live that's different from the way that you've been living before. God is inviting Abraham and Sarah to orient their lives completely to him. To trust him and to take up the ways that God has for them. When God names you, friends, you are invited to walk with him and embrace the ways he wants for you. You have to trust him. And you move forward in a new identity and a new life. Now, this covenant is to Abraham and Sarah. What about us as 21st century people? Does God have a covenant with us? And the answer is yes. God brought a covenant that fulfilled all the covenants prior through his son, Jesus Christ. About 2,000 years ago, he died on a cross and rose again from the grave. And he said... Believe in me. I am the way. I am the life. Follow me in all things. Trust me. Live in the way that I live. Live in the way that I teach you. And it wasn't just to a certain group of people. It was for the entire world. And so when we begin to follow Christ, when we begin to believe in him, he names us. He names us a son. He names us a daughter. And in the same way, if we are sons and daughters in Christ, we look to God as Father. We look to Him for everything. But sometimes I think we like the name and maybe hold back our own willingness to trust him, to live in the ways that he has called us to live. And I'm here to tell you, friends, that God has named you children now. The only response that we can have is to begin to live as children in Christ, friends. And so when Jesus speaks to us about loving, about living in truth, about Fleeing from sin about being led by the Spirit in all things. For us to be children isn't just to be named, but for us to live, to walk with Him, and to be trustworthy just as Abraham and Sarah walked with God and was trustworthy. God has invited you to be his son, his daughter. And if you have said yes, are you walking with him? Are you allowing his voice to guide and direct you in all parts of your life? Are you hearing God speak? you're my son, you're my daughter. You were anything else that you have been before. An addict. A liar. A cheat. A murderer. A thief. An egotist, narcissist. <laughs> I think that that was redundant actually. <laughs> all the things that we have defined ourselves by fade as we hear God's voice say, you are my child. With you, I am well pleased. May we live as children of God in our lives, friends. Because if we claim the identity as a child, as we claim the identity as a Christian, and we do not walk with God, and we are not trustworthy, are we really... Christians? Are we really the people that God has named us as? May our lives reflect how God has named us. Eddie Edwards, as I shared with you, was told that he would never be an Olympian. So he looks into the book of the different sports of the Olympics. And he finds out that Great Britain hasn't had a ski jumper for years. You, you, know, the ski, you know, it's not a Winter Olympics year, but if you watch the Winter Olympics, you know those folks who, you know, they're in those bright-colored suits that look like rubber, and they go off, and they, they're nuts. These people are nuts. <laughs> and they jump from, like, 70 meters in the air, and they go as far as they can. He finds out that Great Britain hasn't had one of them in a while. And so he begins to train to become a ski jumper to make the Olympics. And people think he's crazy as he does this. Because guess what? To become a ski jumper, you have to start when you're a kid. He's 22. And yet he wouldn't stop. There's apparently a voice in his head that was stronger than all those who did not believe in him. And as he kept on trying and trying and trying, he met new people along the way who began to say, you know what, maybe I should walk with you. Maybe I should help this young man become who he wants to be. Maybe something can happen. And in a year of training, Eddie qualifies for the 88 Calgary Winter games. And he doesn't win anything, but he competes as an Olympian for his country because there were a few people whose voices said, you are going to be a ski jumper and I'm going to walk with you. Eddie can't do this alone. He had somebody speaking to him. This is who you are. This is who you can be. And he walked with him. And by the end of the 88 Calgary Winter Games, Eddie Edwards was no longer Eddie Edwards. He was Eddie the Eagle. Because he flew, maybe far shorter than the gold medalists, but he flew in the Olympics for his country. Friends, how we are named, how we are labeled, matters. Matters. Who is willing to name us and walk alongside us matters. And the God who created this world, the God who has saved us, has said to each and every one of us, you are my son, you are my daughter. Walk with me and be trustworthy. Are we walking with the God who loves us, who is guiding us, who is naming us? May it be so. Thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We hope that you are inspired by this week's message. Because of the current pandemic, our services are limited to an online presence. You can join us on Facebook and YouTube every Sunday at 1030 a.m. For more information about our ministries, or if you'd like to contribute to our ministries online, visit us at championnaz.org.